Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Okay, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer movie podcast based in Chico, Hot California. That's Johnny Summers. That is Max Manhardy. How you doing, guys? <laughs> welcome like, back to another fun-filled episode. I really like the idea that you basically say your own name pretty differently every week, and I like the thought that somebody just checks in for like the exact episode where you say Somers every time or something. And then yeah. like, you actually meet that person. They're like, oh, hey, Johnny Somers. And you're like, no, it's Summers. Oh, I'd totally roll with it. I'd be like, what's up, dude? Yeah, what's up? <laughs> Johnny Samaris. I am Matt Hardy. Call. Yeah. Yep. Uh, cool, man. Well, it's uh, nice to hear from you. Welcome back to the show. If you've uh, been a regular listener, if you're just joining us, like I said, we talk about craft beer and movies every single week here on this podcast. We usually cover two beers and one movie, plus some bonus stuff in and around those topics. Uh, Johnny, where can people find us on the internet? Uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and Untapped, we are at Fresh Hop Cinema. Facebook is at Fresh Hop Cinema Pod. Letterboxd is at Max Bernardi and at Johnny Summers. But we also have FH, I think, Fresh Hop Cinema in both of our... No. Yeah. Is that untapped? No, I've got I it in Letterboxd. I do too. So, I mean, if you just search Fresh Hop Cinema on Letterboxd, you'll find us. Mm-hmm. Our email is fhccast at gmail.com. Our website is freshhopcinema.com. Patreon.com slash freshhopcinema is where the people that love us the most support us for ever and long time. Sure. Support me long time. Did you say yeah, our email is freshhopcinema.com? No, I said our website is freshhopcinema.com. All right. Maybe I'm tripping our out. Our email is fhccast <laughs> at gmail.com. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. So support us on Patreon if you can for as little as a dollar a week. We're doing better about putting out more bonus content than usual just because of not being able to hang out as much as we want or at all. It's which weird is a out. Bummer. Yeah, it's a weird time. Yeah, it is, but Still. we appreciate all of our patrons that are sticking with us, uh, and we love you guys, so stick with us, please. Things will get better, and we'll all get to drink beer together soon. Uh, check out patreon.com. We really appreciate it. Also, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It helps everyone find the show, and it helps your friends that might be searching for a beer podcast or a movie podcast. Also, if they're doing that, you should just tell them. Yeah, anyway, just let them know. <laughs> they're like, a good friend. They're like, hey, do you know about any podcasts? And you're just like, you'll see. <laughs> Go look for one. Yeah, just tell them. Yeah, just yeah. tell them. Just yeah. tell a friend. And if you get them to subscribe and give us a review, maybe we'll send you something in the mail. I don't know. Yes. I think that yeah. sounds fair. So that is the nuts and bolts of who we are, what we're about, and uh, what we do. So let's get to the work at hand. Let's drink a beer. That's I really what we do here. Yeah, I really like the range geographically of things we're covering. We're covering beers from Sacramento, and then from right next door, we're covering a movie from Russia. Which I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, is our first dive into certainly creature feature science fiction Russian cinema. But I think yeah. I think just this is our first maybe Russian film ever on the show, right? Yeah, I think so. Cool. Uh, so I'm yeah, looking forward case, to that. It's gonna be just. And in case you didn't guess from that description of what we're watching, yeah. I totally picked the movie this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, you did give me an option. You were like, "Hey, man, do you have any ideas for movies?" And I said, "No." What do you think? And you sent me a list of five. And I had a sort of a long weekend that I'll talk about later, but I was basically like, you know what, man, whatever you want to do. He's like, all right, but if you know what I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick yeah. this, this Russian sci-fi horror film. And I'm like, perfect. Let's, let's do it. And I'm actually glad we did not to spoil my thoughts on it, but I, we'll get to that later. But I, I think it worked out pretty well. Right on. I'm glad that you think it worked out well. And, uh, 
Yeah, if given the choice, I'm always going to pick the like alien sci-fi yeah. horror, yeah. obscure Russian foreign film. Yeah, it's just that's my wheelhouse. I love it. Uh, so when given freedom of choice to what we cover on the show, I'm, I'm it's going to get yeah. weird. So, uh, so it's hot out today, man. I would really kill for a really light beer, maybe to kick it off. And I think you picked up both of our beers this week, so I think you know what we're about to drink. So would you please tell me and our listeners? Yeah, I did. I actually was really in the mood for a beer, like midday today when I was shopping for beer. So I was in the mood for something just tasty that I wanted to drink. Like, what's the point of having a beer podcast if you can't drink beer that you're excited about? Yeah. So this one grabbed my eye. They have a whole new packaging. It's a new canning. Like, it's just a new look for this beer. Uh, And I'm talking, of course, about Beeline Honey Blonde from Track 7 Brewing right here out of Sacramento, California. Just about an hour and a half south of us. It is a honey blonde ale, as you might have guessed. It's 5.5%, 5.2%, right in that range. Uh, The description from their website reads, Beeline Blonde is light ale, but with a track seven twist. The body is crisp, reminiscent of a lager. Munich and Vienna malts provide nuance, while the incorporation of Sacramento area wildflower honey gives Beeline its dry finish. German and Czech hops round out the flavor, with the end result being a delicate ale with hints of flowers on the nose and a subtle spice on the palate. Uh, if you're looking for an easy-drinking summer beer, Beeline should be at the top of your list. Yeah. So Let's it, decide if that's malarkey. It's 26 IBUs going on in this baby. They use Magnum Hops, German Trettenanger, and Styrian Golding. I'm not sure that I said that second one right, but I'm going to roll with it. Also, just to preface our excitement a little bit, it did win uh, a bronze award for a Blondale in the 2016 Los Angeles International Beer Competition. Have you tried yours yet? I have. Okay. What do you What do you think? That is super refreshing. It's mellow. It's really soft. This beer is, if I could describe a beer as cuddly, mm-hmm. this would be the beer to describe as cuddly. Mm-hmm. It's It's just really unassuming and it's this beer is very relaxed it doesn't take itself seriously it's more of like it's the uh the matthew mcconaughey of beers <laughs> okay it's saying all right all right all right let's sure have a beer uh, i like it man it's it's real mellow it's easy drinking it's very bready you get like a lot of like mm-hmm. fresh wheat bread taste almost i love the amount of honey in it it's not too sweet with honey blonde ales you're or like honey ales you're always like is this just gonna taste like sugar uh, but the honey does not really overtake it. I think they used a, a decent balance of hops. Only 25 IBUs, so it's not crazy bitter. I think it really it levels out that honey, and they kind of play off each other really well. I like this beer quite a bit. It's super drinkable. Uh, yeah, it's very refreshing for a nice warm day. Have you tried it yet? Yes, when you you mentioned this was from Sacramento, and my brain jumped back to the last time we covered a Sacramento brewery, which was back in episode 183, and we did uh, the strawberry white ale from Jackrabbit. And it extra hit home, because I remember you saying about that beer, and you actually convinced me, that like the the strawberry thing wasn't really, there there wasn't a whole lot of strawberry in that beer, if I remember right. Um, And I actually feel the same about this. I would have never known that there was honey in this beer in the first place. I think it's super light, like you said, even cuddly. There's a nice bit of sort of malty spice from a lot of those those German and Czech hops in it, but it's not a sweet beer at all. Mm-hmm. And and using the same logic that we used for all of the strawberries on that jackrabbit beer on the can, there's honeycomb all over this thing, and I think that's a little bit misleading. Because mm. I, I don't know. Are you picking up honey specifically, or are you just saying it's more of a round kind of sweet beer in general? I mean, I am. It's, it's subtle, but I did kind of pick it up because like it gets – 
spread out, if you will, if a flavor could get spread out, I don't know how to describe that. Like, okay. like that subtle notion of honey being there. Cause I've had quite a few honey, like wheat ales and honey blonde ales and some it's more, some it's less, but this one is, it's there, but it's, it's very subtle for a beer called beeline honey blonde. It's definitely not at the forefront as much as you would think it, it would should be. Yeah. And I think I have to dock it for that because I docked the other one for that. It's, I mean, if you're advertising me one thing I need, I want that. I expect it. Yeah, exactly. And like we've talked about, I think you're over to the expectation side of things where if you sell it to me, I expect it to taste like that. And even if it's awesome, totally. if it doesn't taste like that, it's not as advertised and I like it less. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wouldn't even actually say that I like it less. I just, I just have to, you got to know what you're, what you're buying and by, by proxy what you're selling and it's not it's not well it is a honey ale i guess but it's not you know for all tasting yeah. purposes so would you want this beer a bit more sweeter would you maybe add like a teensy bit of vanilla to just well, give it some more robustness to maybe make that honey pop more that's the rub because it is good the way it is i would just i'd just leave it alone and and i can't really imagine that the honey's adding that much to this so if I were in charge of marketing or brewing over there, I would just make a solid blonde ale with this. It's the time of year to put out a good blonde ale, 5.2%. It drinks super well. I'm really into it. Um, there's not a whole lot of anything that I don't enjoy. I just It's just the expectation factor for me that's throwing me off a little bit. Yeah, it is not nearly as sweet as I thought it was going to be. No, it does drink a bit like a uh, just kind of a basic lager, almost almost colshy a little mm-hmm. bit, um, but a, a little too bready, like you were saying, to be a Kolsch or a Pilsner, but it's it's good man it's not blowing me away obviously i think that's clear at this point but it's a solid beer i'm not mad about it i'm definitely going to finish it so you know i like it yeah i think that's fair i think it could stand i mean like would you okay would you want it sweeter that's my thing i don't i like it the way it is Uh, yeah i want to taste more honey but i don't know if i would enjoy it nearly as much if it was sweeter yeah, it feels like a slippery slope asking for more sweetness in a beer because so often that ends up being – well, it translates in a couple of ways. One being usually a heavy amount of viscosity that doesn't usually work in a lot of beers unless you're talking like a 13% stout where you need that kind of body. So mm-hmm. so no, I don't want it sweeter. I think it's it's as perfect as it can be um, as a product tasting-wise the way that it is. But no, I think it's it's good the way it is. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm pretty lukewarm on this too. It's good. It's not great. It's definitely drinkable. Where it's, do you where do you land with Track Seven in general? Um, I like their hoppy stuff better than this. I really like their IPAs. They do some some good stuff. Um, in general, I would say they're probably middle of the road as far as Sacramento breweries. Yeah, I mean it is sort of a a high bar. There's a lot of good stuff coming out of Sacramento, anyways. But yeah, I, but I'm with you. Like I think their flagship is probably the Panic IPA. And yeah. I, I've never been blown away by that. I thought it was a solid, like if it were in a different town where they didn't have New Glory next door or or Moxa or any of these other breweries that are just really making for stiff competition, they'd, they'd probably be a really well, and, and they are really well respected, um, but they'd probably be the front runner in, in most towns. Yeah, 100%. Um, I know that we've done, or at least I think that we've done their left eye, right eye, double IPA on the show before. I know we've done a couple other things. We did that curious, uh, what was it called? I think it was like a curious George thing. Pretty sure that was track seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what it was called, but I remember the can. Yeah. 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 I think as far as this brewery goes, if I had to pick one of their beers as the only beer from them I'd ever drink again, it would for Mm. sure be blood infusion. Oh, interesting. 
Do you mean like do you mean blood transfusion? Yeah, that. Yeah, Whatever. The blood thing. Yeah, with the blood orange IPA. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think I'd go knuck and futz. That beer's pretty good. It's too. good. Yeah, it's like a solid. Like peanut butter porters are kind of hard to do well. There's a few. Like Belching Beaver has that one that's pretty tasty. Mm-hmm. Um, but those like peanut butter is like coconut when it comes to beer or putting it in beer. It can it can just overwhelm and taste artificial sometimes. And I think their Track Sevens Knuck and Futz Imperial Porter's pretty tasty. Yeah, that beer is good. I kind of forget about that one sometimes. I don't. I don't think it's around all the time. I don't. Yeah, I don't recall seeing it very mm-hmm. often. Or you know, huh? That's interesting. I thought yeah. about that, but I know blood trans function, whatever the hell it's <laughs> yeah. called, blood transfusion is, is is available. So that's if you haven't tried that one, pick that one up from them. All right. Um, if this sounds good to you, I'd say try it. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't go very far out of my way for this beer. If it's around or on tap and there's nothing else, like this would be a good beer with pizza. Like if you're out or like having a burger somewhere, like it's fine. Uh, It's I've had better, better Blondales for sure. But Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's fine. It's really unimposing. I think if, yeah, if it's, if it's at your neighborhood liquor store or bottle shop, sure. Grab it. Like it's not going to make you mad or anything. You're going to be probably totally satisfied with what you buy, depending on how much it costs, which we can tell me after, after we rate it. But yeah, no, this is a great six pack to like bring to a barbecue. That's worth noting too. It was a six pack. It wasn't like we bought a bomber of this. Um, so yeah, it's it's very shareable. It's probably pretty affordable, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to go out of ten? Yeah, this beer feels like a six two. Mm. Yeah, it feels like a six to me. Yeah, so that's where I'm gonna end. It's that's super fine. It's super fine. I yeah, just above. It's just above a fine for me, which I guess is super fine. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'll go with the six. It's six point two. Super fine, super fine. It's super adequate. Super <laughs> fine, super fine. What it's it, just okay. What did it cost us? Uh, this was a ten ninety nine six pack. Yeah, I wonder if it costs a similar amount in Sacramento. I don't know. You know that actually feels well. That's fine, I guess. Ten ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit. I don't know. It's a bit steep for a six pack. It's not bad for a six pack of a blonde ale, though. Yeah, like it's I'm, fine. Like, I'm just thinking we're in Chico, in Sierra Nevada, obviously a much bigger brewery, and, and they have a little bit more leeway when it comes to their pricing and can probably take more of a hit on that sort of thing. But, like, 11 bucks for a Sierra Nevada, people would riot in the streets. Yeah. Which, actually, at a time when people are rioting in the streets about real problems, I don't feel great about making that comparison. People would be upset. <laughs> people would yeah. be mildly inconvenienced if this if we had a Sierra Nevada six-pack for $11. Poor I guess taste is what I meant. Climate, bro. <laughs> Poor taste. <laughs> yeah, my bad, man. It's fine, but no, people would definitely, at the very least, get grumpy, like on Facebook. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's the right way to put it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, fair enough. I'm stoked that you got it. I'm really excited to drink it. I know that I have two others waiting for me because, like, we we split the six packs. So fair mm-hmm. enough. I'll I'll drink them probably tonight. I'm excited. There you about go. It. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. Not one bit. Um, Johnny, as a, if it wasn't clear from our intro, you're a longtime horror fan. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. as I understand it, your flick pick this week is a remake of a classic horror film called Child's Play. Yes, indeed. Tell me more. Came out, came out in 2019 and it's one of those ones that I've been catching up on movies that fell through the cracks last year. And this is one of them that was at the top of my list. It just hit Amazon prime. So I could watch it for free. No risk. It's a solid tight 90, um, Little 90-minute movie. Really, really compact. I liked it. Uh, so it was directed by Lars Cleveberg. Uh, it was written by Tyler Burton and Don Mancini. Uh, and it was based on a child's play screenplay. Yeah, child's play screenplay. 
That's tough. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, it starts Tim Matheson. Um, wow. Really a bunch of kids that names don't matter. Good grief. Because they're children. <laughs> yeah, they're children. They don't matter. So uh, Tom Holland was in this. Oh, okay. As a writer. What? I'm oh, sorry. I'm just skimming through the IMDb. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't remember seeing Tom Holland. I feel like it's probably a different Tom Holland. That'd be funny if it wasn't. Um, but any other notable people? I, I see that in the, in the cast list, uh, Mark Hamill did the voice of Chucky. Yes. Which seems Aub- like a weird a weird move. Yeah, that was odd. And then uh, Aubrey Plaza played the mom of the little boy in the movie mm-hmm. that like gets the the Chucky doll. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, so I, f- she- I feel like most of us listening probably know sort of the general premise of the original Chucky, and I assume the remake follows suit. But for those that don't, give me kind of the, the elevator pitch for what this movie's about. Yeah, so it's based on a 1980s horror film where essentially a child's doll becomes animated and becomes viciously murderous and mm. goes on a killing spree and it's super creepy. They made a bunch of them. They've I think yeah. there's probably six or seven Chucky movies. Um so this is going off of the same concept but it plays on the interconnectedness of the world and essentially this doll incorporates itself with your like your home control system where like your tv and all your smart devices and stuff are all wired together uh, and your cameras and stuff so it just it's basically like a living remote control wait, for everything okay, wait, wait. so that the, in this in this scenario the demon is not only in this doll but is also kind of tech savvy it's not a demon it's not a demon no, so in the movie, uh, it's within the first five minutes, a disgruntled employee gets fired at a factory in Vietnam. So he like removes violence inhibitors, removes okay, like, it's AI foul language inhibitors. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> essentially AI gone haywire. <laughs> okay, um, okay. So he, yeah, so he can do all kinds of crazy things and become really violent. So he also has access to like your thermostat and your lights and your TV and like that's so much like, less threatening. Yeah, right. Does he still yeah. have a knife? Oh yeah. Okay, that helps. Oh, yeah. Cuz it's like still if, if you, the worst thing stabby. you can do to me is like make me sweat while I'm sleeping. Like, yeah. It sucks. That's an inconvenience, you know. Right? But I'm not getting wow. nightmares. God, I'm so moist. I'm so I am hot. moist. Chucky. Uh, Chucky, Turn it damn you. <laughs> You're making me perspire. <laughs> That's cuz I'm angry. Play with me. Yeah. Right. No, it was actually super creepy. Okay. So the old movies were incredibly campy. Yeah. I mean, you know the premise. It's not meant to be taken seriously. These are not overdramatic movies with five-star acting. These are campy B-horror movies that know what they are, and they play in that sandbox. And this movie really, in my opinion, holds true to the just overwhelming cheese and camp of the originals, and it captures that vibe. Uh, and there's some really good jump scares. There's some really good, just creepy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, I really liked it. I liked the interactions with the some of the the kids had with each other, and it was a really interesting take. And also, it was kind of a low key metaphorical uh, commentary on the reliance that humans have on the things that control their houses without much Mm. thought, thought. Yeah, to, yeah, right. like, if they ever got hacked or anything like that. So just like the, the mindlessness with which we accept the terms and conditions. Exactly. Like, dude, I'm guilty yeah. of it. Like I tell my robot, my house robot to like turn the lights on. I don't read shit. I, yeah. Like do, do whatever yeah. you got to do. As long as I don't have to lift an extra finger. It's just so convenient. Uh huh. 
So yeah, overall, I would I would give it a thumbs up, and I'd recommend it, especially being two clicks away on Amazon Prime. Okay, then Johnny, I will ask you the two questions I always ask you during flick picks, which is. Is the doll in Chucky scarier than in the original, or sorry, in in Child's Play 2019, scarier than the original Child's Play? And second question, would I like this movie? Well, you know, I was prepared for these questions since you <laughs> ask the same ones every week. Yep. Uh, you know what? Yes. It I never think... works on any other movie, but I'm so glad we finally got to Child's Play. It's so like, specific. Like, You've why are you waiting for this moment? Yeah. <laughs> so long. Yeah. Lay it on me. 187 on a motherfucking Chucky episodes. <laughs> Uh, no, the, the doll is not nearly as creepy as the old ones. I think it's just so different. Yeah. Uh, it's got a different look to it. It's like robotic creepy, which is just creepy in its own way. Mm -hmm. Um, but the original was so much creepier cause you'd never seen anything like it before. And it was just super unsettling. So I would say no, but different. Okay. And would you like it? It depends. If you're in the mood for like to put on a silly goose, scary movie that, I don't know how often you want to watch movies like this. If the answer is never, then no, you wouldn't like it. Yeah. If the answer is sometimes, then yeah, at that time, sure. I think you would like it because it wouldn't scare you too much. See, I've been getting on the scare train, though. Like, I've been kind of digging, shivering in my timbers, you know? Yeah. I don't know. But I like horror movies that have something to say. And this one maybe doesn't sound like it does. Uh, it. Aside from not, like what you're saying about technology, I guess. Yeah, it's a pretty shallow metaphor. Also, there's there's uh, you know some metaphor about not having any friends and not having a father and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. and then you know there's yeah, there, it's not it wasn't an un, an entirely meaningless movie. I would definitely say that. All right, fair enough. So it had a, a, a little. It was um an ankle deep puddle. It wasn't super shallow. It, you got it a little wet. Cool. Okay. Well, that's Child's Play, the 2019 movie. It's on Amazon Prime. You can watch it if you like. Let us know if you do. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we are going to delve for the very first time into Russian science fiction horror creature feature films with the new release Sputnik. We're not going to spoil anything. So if you haven't seen it, don't worry. And we'll be right back after this message. If you're feeling the need to get out of the house and enjoy a great meal with a nice beer on draft, maybe a cocktail or a nice glass of wine with your spouse slash family slash maybe even dog, you should head down to the Handlebar right here in Chico, California. They've got a fantastic happy hour every single day from 2 to 6 p.m. where you're going to get some money off of craft beer, off of cocktails, and half off bottles of wine. They have a pet-friendly patio, and they also are family-friendly. So bring the whole family down there, get out of the house. Uh, hopefully it's not too smoky. Just just fan your your hand in front of your face really fast. It'll be fine. Either way, go down and check them out. They support the show. You should support them. Yeah, if you've never been before, they're located at 2070 East 20th Street. And to your point, Johnny, I was there on Monday. And I think I was with a couple friends and we had, I want to say, about two drinks each. And I got the the tab and it was just like, how is it? Like, I literally said out loud I, to the waiter, I was like, are you? I think there's something wrong. This is too cheap. He's like, no, it's, it's happy hours. Like, oh, yeah forgot about that it's a crazy good deal go down and check out the handlebar 2070 east 20th street they're a great local business you'll have a great time we promise due to her controversial methods young dr tatiana yurneva played by oksana akinshinina it's gonna be a nightmare is on the precipice of losing her medical license her career may not be over though 
After she's recruited by the military, Tatiana is brought to a secure science research facility to assess a very special case, that of Konstantin Sergeyevich, played by Peter Fyodorov, a cosmonaut who survived a mysterious space accident and has returned to Earth with a unique condition. There's something from outer space living inside of him that only shows itself late at night. That's right. This film was directed by Igor Abramenko. It was written by Oleg Malovichko and Andriy Zolotorev. Uh, and like Max said, uh, <laughs> Oksana Akinshina nice. plays, uh, is played by... Wait, which one's the character? Uh, yeah, yes. that's the actress, and yeah. she is playing... Just say Tatiana. Tatiana Kilmova. And Pyotr Pyotrov... <laughs> you got to commit... <laughs> As Konstantin Vereshnyakov. Perfect. Yeah. So this God. movie came out August 14th, just last week or two weeks ago, whatever. Yeah. It ran 107 minutes long. Yeah. It was it was scheduled to come out at Tribeca, but obviously pandemic stuff. I feel like we've said this countless times over the past few months. It was it was because put on hold and released just to video on demand. So we, hashtag re- Rona. we rented it on Vudu for what? What was it, Johnny? Money wise. I think six bucks. Yeah. And off the bat, if you're already listening to me like I have no interest in Russian science fiction. I think this plays, I think pretty well to an American audience. It's easy to follow. I wouldn't say this movie's too overly complex Um, in, in as far as like maybe dialogue, I think it translates pretty well and it's an Mm -hmm. engaging enough premise that even if you're not necessarily one who subscribes to science fiction in general, but definitely Russian science fiction, um, I think you'll still be okay. All that said, Johnny, this was your pick this week. What did you think of it? I thought it was very interesting. I thought it was engaging and the story was very interesting. I think it was definitely less uh, horror than I expected. Mm -hmm. It was definitely higher on a bit of the... I mean, it was still pretty horror. Don't get me wrong. Uh, It was definitely a little bit higher on the drama and a little bit more of like the examinatory, like psychology aspects of things, which I thought were were interesting. I think it went a little bit deeper into the why uh, as opposed to the usual tropes of horror films that like are very formulaic in their how, like somebody put a curse on this person. Now they do this and we have to do this to stop them. Sure. Uh, it played in a, a playground of more fluidity in its thinking. It was letting you think outside the box, and that was playing directly into the the main character Tatiana, who is this kind of therapist that's like a real wild card. She does some wild shit, and she, nobody really likes the way she's doing stuff because, mm-hmm. like, in the first five minutes, we find out she almost killed a kid by drowning him to like help relieve his seizures. <laughs> yeah. Not sure that that's diagnosed like good medicine. Nah. But all that aside. Um, it really takes a look at this this character, uh, Constantine, that came back from space in a unique way, and she has really interesting thoughts and processes, and I thought there was a really interesting dynamic with her being the only female in this movie, too. There was a really weird like tension, like a professional tension mm. in this really weird situation that I thought was really interesting, and uh, yeah, overall, I really liked it. I thought it was uh, very unique. I'm not familiar with Russian filmmaking at all, so I can't say if this is a good Russian movie or a bad Russian movie, but in general, I would say this is a very enjoyable and interesting horror slash science fiction movie. Yeah, it was it was funny to me that you pointed out sort of the the more psychological nature of this, because at one point I was like, this movie is this weird hybrid 
of like almost alien meets arrival kind of because there mm. are there there's I don't think it's a spoiler to say that there's a lot of the movie spent trying to figure out th- this creature and like that is very much an arrival approach. Like there's even a scene where we're looking at our main character from like through glass. And it, it reminded me so much of that shot from rival where she's standing in front and like the ink block comes out. Like there was just like, and that's, that's an interesting approach. Cause it, like you're saying, it was not a horror movie in the sense of like, I wasn't scared watching it or anything, but exactly. You do have like a slimy, creepy alien and you, there's a, there's a good amount of gore in this. So if you're looking for that, you'll get it. And, and there are, I think it's certainly more sci-fi than horror and definitely dramatic at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked it as well, man. I think because you are saying mostly that you liked it. Oh, definitely. Okay. So I liked it as well. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. I think I'd done, I knew even less about it than you did and neither of us knew too much, but it was, it was relatively easy to follow. My viewing experience of this was kind of broken up into a, into maybe three I don't, I don't know why I I've had a crazy week. I'll talk about it later. But, um, so I wasn't even, I forgot that she did that thing to that kid, which was actually a really nice bit of foreshadowing for her untraditional methods, uh, as the movie progresses. But I, I think it was pretty good. Like I, it's, it's just under two hours long, if I'm not mistaken. And it's an easy watch, um, where you don't have to pay maybe the most attention and try as I might, I'm not gleaning any well, I could, I have been trying to get like a larger meaning, but I think this movie's fine if you just want to watch it as an alien space movie, mm-hmm. which is fine too. So I liked it. Good. Excellent. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we rate it as far as scenes you liked or anything interesting about the production or anything that you uh, noticed? I will point out one thing that I enjoyed. It was the the music and the score of it. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. very like abrupt and straightforward at points, like very Soviet, very yeah. like nineteen eighty three USSR. <laughs> yeah, there's like I mean, there's that. I kind of assumed it was just my inexperience with Russian filmmaking, but there in America, I feel like there is sort of this sense of bleakness and and heaviness in Russia. And whether or not that's true, this movie certainly gives us that impression. And, and the mm-hmm. soundtrack is a big part of that. Like there's, it's this big sort of soaring and um, dark orchestral stuff that happens throughout the movie. Like, especially when those credits hit at the end, I was like, oh, like they're, they're making a statement about what this movie is supposed to be. And I don't know that the, the film itself matches what happens or matches the, what happens musically. I mean, um, but it does catch your attention. The soundtrack. Definitely. Um, I mean, I think it's important to talk about whether or not the the creature works in a creature movie, a movie that's so heavily about and and features this type of, we'll say monster. We can debate that later if we want to. But um, I thought that that was pretty convincing. Like it was very tactile and, and the sounds associated with it when it moved were very intense. And I think they worked, mm-hmm. they worked to achieve a very specific aesthetic. Um, and I believed that that thing could be real. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I liked the look of it. I liked the way it moved. I liked the skill set that they gave it. Yeah, leave sure. that at that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I also, a, I, I go ahead. Sorry, convincing creature. Yeah, it's one of those things though that I appreciated it in this case, which is almost never true. But they did have to do a bit of explaining of like how it does certain things because I was like, how yes. is this? And and it needed to happen. There was a bit of exposition that I was like, okay, that's that's worthwhile. And they backed it up with enough sort of 
like sciencey x-rays and, and charts and whatever. Like, okay, like that's good to know. Cause I, otherwise exactly. I, I would have checked out. I would be like, this is not, no, no. Yeah. Like there's no way. No. Get out. Uh, but so it worked. Um, how, how about performance wise? Does any, anybody stick out to you? Uh, I thought, uh, Oksana Akinshina was really good as Tatiana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I liked her. She was probably the most nuanced character. Everyone else was, Except for one other scientist, I'd say uh, she yeah. was probably the most multifaceted. Everyone else was kind of uh, one-dimensional and pretty much there as a purpose-driven character. Mm. And I think the her she was really – is it fair to say she's the only dynamic character in this other than perhaps um, Constantine? Yeah. Uh, so I would, yeah, like, I think you could make a case for Constantine for sure, but, but I agree with you. Yeah, Tatiana is for sure the focal point and it's about her development and, and other characters kind of do suffer for that. Like the main, we'll say bad guy, uh, the general, the guy that's kind of running yeah. this whole thing. Like he, he becomes more and more one dimensional as the movie goes on and, and yeah. sort of just turns into an archetype of a mustache twirling bad guy, which is fine. I guess it's not about him. It's not about their relationship necessarily, but it does sort of make me realize I'm waiting in shallower waters than I realized. Yeah, makes sense. That's fair. Yep, big time. You're like, okay, this guy's just going to be a Russian villain now. Okay. Yeah. Which I yeah, suspected that, and it's, now he's yeah, going right. And now it's Russian happening. Villain. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, no, but I think yeah, Tatiana's arc. Although I, I would make the case that her arc wouldn't be what it is without Constantine there, obviously. Yeah. And I think that's important, especially with sort of um, the let's say side story that's going on that is sort of his driving force, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that helps a lot. That gives him a little bit more depth than he would have had. And I think he does a pretty good job just performance wise at like conveying a sense of desperation at the very least. It's tough to, to be in a movie that's this situational uh, location wise. Like they're basically most of the time in this compound and they have, I think like obviously the big um, the location is sort of where he's being held in his quarantine yeah. And, and there's things outside of that, but that's the big one. And I think to really optimize that space, I think he does a pretty good job. And so does she. So I like it. It's also worth noting that this is the directorial debut of Igor Abramenko, um, which is impressive. I, I think it showed a lot of restraint at points where it could have fallen sort of into the cracks of cliches. And it does a little bit, but I think it mostly stays on the tracks. Yeah, Definitely. So no, I'm good. I'm good to go out of 10 if you are. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what did you feel like this was out of 10? It's a six. Yeah? Yeah, I'd watch it again, probably. Um, I don't know that I'm going to go bragging to any of like my movie friends, like, hey, you're never going to believe what I just saw. You're missing this gem, necessarily. But it's it's totally it's totally good. Totally good. And as, as an so. intro into Russian cinema, if you don't count Tarkovsky stuff, like this is good. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it for the... The creaturey, like creature horror feature film kind of vibes that I got from it. Yeah. Um, but it did get deeper than I expected. It felt like a six four to me. I, I I liked it. I'd watch it again, like you said. Um I thought it was interesting enough to keep me captivated, but it wasn't something that's gonna jump to my top of the list for the year anytime yeah. soon. But yeah, definitely worth watching. And I'm I'm happy I picked it, and I'm happy it was not just a space horror movie. It, I'm pleased that it turned into be something a bit more than that. Yeah. You know what? It, it could have become that movie. I think it was probably 2000. It might've been 2017, a movie called life with like Jake Gyllenhaal and 
others. But, oh, man, we covered that on the show. Do you remember what I'm talking about at all? Did we? Yeah. Um, I'll get some information on it real quick. Oh, it was 2000, yeah, 2017. Um, yeah, it's like I think it was like a pretty stacked cast. I'll double check it right now. But I remember it kind of just turning into, um, oh, yeah, it was Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds, Rebecca Ferguson. Oh, um, yeah. And it was like we found this little alien creature in space, and it, we'll just deal with that. And it kind of turned into like – a killing off of the characters until you know something happened. I can't remember. And I'm glad this remember. wasn't this wasn't that. I think it got inside him and he brought it back to work. Probably I mean, to, to work. work. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care about that movie. I forgot about it completely. Perfect. That's how much I care about it. <laughs> that seems right. So Sputnik, you can definitely rent it on Vudu. I'm, I bet you it's rentable at other places. If you get a chance to watch it, let us know. It's a 6.4 for Johnny. It's a 6 for me. But Johnny Summers, until we hear from all of our wonderful listeners about what they think, do you want to drink another beer? Hell yeah, I want to have a beer. <laughs> it's time for beer number two, bro. Okay, so you picked it out. It is another one from Sacramento. Yeah. And that's all I want to say, so you tell me more. I'm interested to try this beer. It's been on my radar for a minute for... A variety of reasons. So this beer is called Mystic Cloud. It's from a brewery called Oak Park Brewing in Sacramento, California. It is a New England slash hazy IPA. It's 7.2%. And from the untapped description, uh, cloudy haze with a bright orange zest lining. The orange bite tingles the tongue and quickly dissipates, leaving a slight hot bitterness on the palate. Soft, clean, and dry. Those are... I don't want my beer to be dry. Yes, you do. You want a dry finish. You don't yeah, want I do, it. Yeah. But like, and it just makes it sound like laundry. It does Soft, sound clean a lot and dry. like laundry. Yeah. Just like your fresh <laughs> linens. Um, Is this a sheet or a beer? So hazy, it rains juice. Oh God, that sounds dirty. It does. That's a, a weird, a weird couple combination of like buzz, buzz phrases. But yeah. I, I'm okay with one, but. You know, so Oak Park Brewing, I'm very familiar with it. I actually used to sell their stuff when I was with Sicani, and it really went downhill. Like they got shut down, I think, because of um, some. Okay, you should mention this is a issues. long story, so we don't like lose them immediately. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Uh, I got them, the brewery. Yeah, or like the I don't know. Yes. Oh, this is their this is the comeback. Okay, because perfect. They, they rebranded, they reopened. Hopefully, they got a good pest control guy, <laughs> and. Um, here they are. They've got a couple new cans out. They've got, I think, like an Amber Pilsner or something like that I saw. And then this one, the can looked cooler. The style sounded better, so I went with Mystic Cloud. Uh, I've been super skeptical, obviously, because of their checkered past, but I'm willing to give them a second chance. Have you had any of their beers ever? Did you know about this brewery before I brought it? You know, while you were talking, I checked out their website just to double check. Um, but I've made the mistake, I think of just going to the wrong website because this particular brewery also called Oak Park Brewing, uh, is out of Illinois. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's so, not that one. So no, I don't think so. Have you, I mean, I mean, you've had, did you like their stuff when it was coming out or you just were always like, nah, no, I did not like okay. it. Okay. <laughs> um, well, have you poured this one? I have, I have two man. It's super aromatic. It really is. It's really like bright yeah like wow uh how does it taste or have you not gotten there yet it smells like orange juice like fresh squeezed orange juice uh 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about exactly the same, but it's there's definitely a lot of that citrusy brightness for sure. Okay, okay, this is not bad. You're into it. It's it's definitely not as mushy as a lot of the New England or hazy IPAs that I've okay. tried. That's a good start. It's got a nice hop backbone. It's very pithy. It is drinkable, smooth, a little sweet, mm-hmm. definitely more bitter than sweet. Fuck me. I think this beer is good. Hey, oh, okay. Uh, me too. I think it's good. I, it's not what? a fuck me good, but it's good. You know? Well, I had their old stuff. So like that's, that's true. The, yeah. the surprise <laughs> that's falling true. out. Like yeah. what? Well, I think, I mean, like you were saying, like it's fair to be optimistic. They sort of did a, what it sounds like a complete overhaul. Yeah, and the rebrand, like the cans look nice. Yep. The beer, the liquid holds up to the cans. It certainly feels it's, like a modern, a modern, very with it sort of iteration of of a beer and of a brewery, and it seems like they do have it together. Yeah, definitely. It's worth noting, excuse me, that this beer is only about a month old, which is also a great sign. Uh, mm-hmm. Quality control, especially with, like you said, maybe a history of some issues. It's nice to know that people are on top of getting out fresh beer and and uh, uncontaminated beer. I would guess. Yeah. Um, it's good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm into it for sure. 7.2%. It's right in that sweet spot of, of, a an IPA that is going to treat you well, both hopefully flavor wise and ABV wise. I think, I think the seven to, or like maybe 6.8 to like 7.6 is, is sort of my ideal IPA spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, this definitely is a bit bigger than I would normally reach for in an IPA, but I'm not mad at it. Flavor wise or ABV wise? Uh, ABV wise, oh, okay. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I like it though. I'm, I'm surprised how much I like it. Yeah. Is there anything you're not and, into? Um, shoot, man. I gotta try it again. Yeah. For me, I think it's it's pretty well balanced. I've I've only had one drink at this point as well, and there's nothing that jumped out as particularly offensive. But there is a very pronounced, like you were saying, bitterness f- from the hops in here that that is almost fighting kind of the the citrus pithiness that I'm getting. It says on the side of the can that they used Cascade, Centennial, and Citra hops, which is sort of the, the I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like the, the West Coast kind of 101 formula for hop profiles. Yeah, you're and not it, wrong. And it just feels, it feels like a weird choice to me a little bit. Like it, I think it's fighting those two, the bitterness and the sweetness are not exactly, it's not the happiest of marriages, I guess. To me. Yeah, and there is like a little bit of a overly sweetness, almost like a overripe cantaloupe that I'm getting in like just subtly. Off the top or so, towards the end? Uh, it's like in the middle towards the end. Oh, mine's at the beginning. But okay. Yeah, I taste that for sure. But it's there and it's like, okay, this is really sweet. Oh, it's really bitter. Okay, it's hmm. it's a little bit too polar. It's a bit of a roller I mean? coaster. Like yeah, it goes from one thing to the other real fast, and I don't know if that's necessarily the the best thing. No, um, but it no, is. I, yeah, no, yeah, no. no. Hmm. Uh, is is this beer good though? I mean, that's the it question. is good. Yeah, I feel like it's. I think that you and I are on the same page. We're kind of nitpicking a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, I'm not having to dig super deep. Like that's a pretty clear flaws too strong of a word, but something that I don't particularly enjoy. You know that um, the ride at the boardwalk, the pirate ship. Yeah, the swingy back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Like that's if if on one side is the sweetness, on the other is the bitterness. There's a point in the ride where it starts speeding up, and that's kind of what this is. It's like I'm, I can't quite decide if if it's more of a bitter IPA or a sweet one. Granted, it's branded as a New England, so I want that sweetness. I think, but 
like, like you, I'm just like, if it's too sweet, I don't want that either. Like I want that balance of hoppiness and bitterness. And I think I said this about a beer last week. Like you just, I need those things to meld together. I don't want to be experiencing them separately. Like I need it to be this beautiful fusion a la like young trunks and uh Gohan in dragon ball Z mm-hmm. bit of a deep cut there, but you know, I want that. To, I want it to be symbiotic to bring it back around to our movie. There you go. So it's, it's good. Uh, good. Not great for me. What about you? Yeah. About the same. I'm, I'm really not fired up about it. I'm yeah. fired up because it's the best thing I've ever had from this brewery. Sure. And I think this beer is a real solid step in the right direction. Yeah. I think if they continue on this path and improve on this recipe and keep putting out beer that, I mean, consistency and also improvement are, you have to have that to grow as a brewery. Like if, if they put out a beer that's worse than this, I'm never buying their beer again. Yeah, I mean, the, like, yeah, yeah. This beer is right on that tilting point where it's good, it's okay, I'll drink it. But yeah, if I the next one I got, if it was like three points worse than this, this beer's off. This brewery's off my radar. That's so. that's tricky. I mean, I mean, granted, like you have a history with these guys. I don't think I would take that stance necessarily. But there is something to be said about regressing um, when you're a brewery that is trying to take large steps forward. And if yeah. they're, if they're work for me, it'd be more like a quality thing. If, if like, I don't know, I think a new England IPA is one of the more forgiving styles, I think. But if they were to put out like a Pilsner and it was just, if they went for like a hoppy Pilsner and that ended up being too sweet or too bready or something, I'd be like, yeah, like I don't really care to go back, but I'm also a little bit more lenient to this point because I don't have the history that you have. I'm like, yeah, like try some stuff out, pick your lane or find your lane rather. And like, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll drink your stuff again for sure. Um, yeah. Which I think is a long-winded way of saying, I think I have a rating for this beer, if you do. Uh, yeah, I do. Okay, so I'm, uh, I'm right. I want to give it a seven, but I think it's got to be a six. Are you writing a six as well? Yep, this I is, am. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, 6.4 for me. That's really funny because we just gave the same ratings to this beer that we gave to the movie. But that's how it goes Whoa. sometimes on the show. That, you know? is, that is weird. And actually, for what it's worth, we gave the first beer a 6.2 and a 6. So this is a very slightly above average uh, content-wise episode. Hey, look at us. We're doing it. <laughs> I'm average. <laughs> um, it's good, though, man. I'm, I'm stoked you grabbed it. How much did this cost? We're drinking it out of a pint can, by the way. Um, four bucks. For a pint. Four, yep. Four dollars for a pint. Yeah. That's about right. Yeah, it's not bad. If it were cheaper than that, I would actually be caping a little bit harder. But that seems yeah. that seems about market standard. Yeah, it's a sixteen dollar four pack. That's not the worst thing. I mean, that's pretty close to average. Maybe a for the percentage wise, that's actually right where it should be. Wait a minute, did you get a four pack or did you get them as no. individuals? I got them. In, excuse me, individually. Okay. Um. Well, sweet man. Like I'm. Yeah, I'm happy to drink it. It's it's right in the same vein as the first beer. Like I'm I'm not writing home about it necessarily, but I'm happily gonna drink what I have left. Totally. Yeah, it's been difficult picking out beers lately. I'm going to hopefully get to Sacramento for work next week and I can go hog wild and maybe I'll get a couple weeks worth of beers because yeah. the Chico beer market's been a little bit lackluster. Although Andy at SNS, shout out to that boy. Uh, he's got like four new beers set aside for me for next week. Oh, so nice. I'm super man. stoked for that. Cool. Thanks, Andy. Um, yeah. And I've, I was telling him, like, I try not to do breweries within like maybe three months yeah. or at least if I can help it. So, yeah. like, we have to just smatter the breweries in there. So he's like, sure. you've never done this brewery. I'm like, 
Oh, you did? Yes. I did your research, Andy. <laughs> you checked. That's cool. You're so sweet. So yeah, that's got me pretty hot. Okay. I love that. Which is a nice transition, but before we get there, we'll say once again, that's Mystic Cloud from Oak Park Brewing. If you can get your hands on it, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your thoughts. In the meantime, Johnny, you said the word hot, which means we're going to go right into hot and bothered. So what has you hot and or bothered this week, my friend? Well, there's entirely too much that's got me bothered. I will not drag this podcast to a screeching halt with everything in the world that we should all be pissed about. So I'm going to stick with the positive because we all know the bothered. Uh, My hot this week, I have two things. One is the Netflix show Tiny Creatures. Okay. Sounds great. Oh, my God. This is a – it feels almost scripted, this nature show. Okay. Um. It is all about tiny creatures. Think David Attenborough meets micro machines. It's all about like the kangaroo rat escaping from the mm. rattlesnake. Okay. Um, but the narration is fantastic. And they like write this show. Like it's written. They like include like a, a narrative. It's listed like, as fiction. Yeah, they impose like a narr- <laughs> like it's there's facts about these animals so you learn about the animals but like these things that they're going through they're like they're putting them through these like dramatic situations yeah. Yeah. and they add like emotions to like what they're going through. Yeah. <laughs> and just like hearing the narrator talk about how the kangaroo rat is reflecting on his past. Dude, right. it is the funniest. Like we watched I think three or four episodes because I put it on just to have like some background noise. And next thing I knew, I was just like sitting there just slack jawed, like giggling at this, this kangaroo rat that was using a, uh, whatchamacallit. He, in the narration of the story, he used a, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, he used one animal as bait or he used himself as bait mm-hmm. to get, he was trying to get a snake out of his house. Okay. And so he like finds out, like he runs from this hawk and then he has all this information. So eventually he draws the hawk back to his house and the snake comes out to eat him. Mm-hmm. And then he runs away and the snake and the hawk have like a wild west like <laughs> showdown. Okay. Yeah. It's the best thing. There's a camera angle between the hawk's legs sure. at the snake. How do they get Dude, that? it's I don't know, That's but it's wild. it's fucking gold. Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious and uh I love it. It's you know, it's it's basically like in the writing they're basically putting like human emotions and thoughts behind these animals. Which well, if you're fancy, you will use the word anthropomorphize. I was just going to say like I have a hard time cuz like Disney does this a lot. Like every Disney animal ever is very much like a human, but in an animal's body. And yeah. I just, I don't, I have a hard time with animal documentaries that anthropomorphize their, let's say, I guess stars. Cause it just like, it makes the ones that don't do that harder for me. I'm like, but that zebra that's getting mauled by a tiger has a little voice in a family and was just trying to escape from something like good songs. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, man. It feels sometimes to me like a, like a, a sort of a cheap shorthand for what otherwise could be a very informative learning experience. But I can also appreciate if it's like tiny little cute animals, like, you know, that's adorable. I think so if, if they go into it, like not denying it and also sure. just like committing, yeah, you're like, we're, we're making a fictional nature show. It's yeah. Yeah. like, this is just what it is. Um, and once you realize that you're like, 
All right, this is ridiculous, but it's so funny. We're getting yeah. some facts about these animals, but also like this is ridiculous. There's like a slow motion shot of him under a waterfall thinking about his childhood. Like Sick. it's just it's dude, it's hilarious. It's have you ridiculous. have you seen that one? I can't think of what it's from, but there's a scene, I think of like a lizard running out of a den of snakes. Oh yeah. And Snoop Dogg narrates it. Yeah, that's from Planet Earth. Is that what it is? Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Where it's just like, oh, the little guys, he doesn't even know it's about to approach him. Run, little man. You got to get away from the snakes. They're going to bite your face off. Yeah. I kind of like it, I guess. Yeah. You should check out Tiny Creatures. It okay. was so silly. It's like, it's eye bleach for the world. Yeah. Like it just makes, <laughs> you're just like, oh, this is so silly and funny. And I it's on, it. it's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Perfect. I'll check yeah. it out. So check it out. Uh, and, I, and also before, this would be helpful now, but in the future, uh, my other hot and bothered, the one other thing I have is uh, Chico City Council just voted last night as we're recording this uh, to legalize recreational, can, recreational, recreational. Yeah. Yeah. In Chico. So this would be a good time or a good show to go get some recreational cannabis <laughs> and consume that and then watch Tiny Creatures. I think it's a really good thing. I think it's going to could generate good revenue for the city and also everyone needs to just chill out so like maybe go buy a joint and that's the devil's lettuce relax exactly that's liberal salad i am here to do the devil's work so <laughs> good for you go man. buy go buy a joint in chico <laughs> yeah, soon and, yeah. and smoke it and like be nice to people and watch tiny creatures and think about your life man yeah i like that you threw man in there felt very authentic do it just thanks contextually just go think about your life man just think about your life, man. <laughs> just stare at some trees and realize, like, we're all connected. And just watch tiny creatures and empathize with that little little kangaroo mouse. Yeah. All right. Well, if, if, if marijuana mellows you out, my hot this week is the exact opposite. Because I have, over the past month or so, been... Cocaine! <laughs> been doing cocaine. Uh, no. <laughs> the... Uh, the uh, be- beverage equivalent, apparently, which has been perfecting my cold brew coffee recipe. And I have now gotten a really reliable source of beans that I think are fantastic, which is from a, a mainstay coffee shop that I love in Reno called Old World Coffee. And I've got it dialed in. And this all started because I was making cold brew at home to save some money. And then I made some extra one time accidentally and I offered it to a friend and they were like, Hey, can you make me some more? And I was like, sure. And then I made a bunch more and I was like, Hey, I'm making cold brew people on Instagram. And now I've gone through a lot of cold brew coffee. All this to say, if you're somebody who wants to have cold brew coffee at home for a pretty affordable price that'll last you the whole week, you should let me know and I'll get you some cold brew coffee. I deliver it in Chico. I'll ship it to you if you're elsewhere. Uh, it's, it's, if I may toot my own horn, coming along pretty well. Johnny, I gave you some earlier today. I assume you haven't had it because that would be insane because it's like five o'clock at night and you shouldn't be drinking cold brew concentrate. But if you guys want to know how it is, ask Johnny. He'll give you the honest feedback, I assume, slash hope that you'll try it tomorrow. Yes, I'm going to be trying that in the morning because, like you said, I would it'd not be good if I tried it. No, no. It, I, I was making this batch yesterday, and, and I did two batches of it, but the, the first batch with those beans was done yesterday. And I was, like, trying it because I was in, like, four different brewing containers, and I tried all of them. And I remember thinking about this time last night. I was, like, kind of shaken. Shaking, not shaken. Um, yeah. And I didn't fall asleep to like 1230 or one. And I went to bed at like 11. <laughs> and I'm just yeah. I had like, so it's potent stuff. Um, so just know that, I guess. So you're making a good call. Don't drink it tonight. Yeah. 
but I will definitely try it in, in the morning. And also, the last batch that you gave me was really good. So, so if it, if it means anything sure. to you, that last batch sucked compared to okay. this. Fair enough. Yeah. I look forward to trying this new one. But yeah, if you need coffee delivered to your house by a sexy young man. hey that's I know a guy. It's Thanks, Max man. Bernardi. Um, Extra I'm, 20 I, bucks, will you sing a song? What's that? Extra 20 bucks, will you sing a song? Can it be about coffee? Sure. Sure, then yes. I'll, I'll do a coffee jingle on your doorstep. Dude, this could be a thing. This is a thing. Oh, I mentioned earlier in the show, too, that I had a long weekend slash week. And I actually don't really want to go into it. So I'll just say for posterity that I mentioned it. I'm aware that I mentioned it. It was a long week and I was a little disorganized and I wanted to give you Johnny a virtual high five for doing the notes this week. It's been great. And that's hey, all man, I wanted to I say about my week. Can. Yeah. No worries. So for the good stuff that wakes you up, put Max's coffee in your cup. Is that Folgers? No, or, that's you, man. Yeah. But is it Folgers? The best part of oh, waking yeah. up. Yeah, it's Folgers in your hookup. <laughs> uh, you feel like spoiling some Sputnik? Let's spunk all over Nick. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Okay, we're in the danger zone. We're talking about Sputnik. Like we've all just seen it. Nobody's worried about spoilers at this point. If you haven't seen the movie, we both recommend you do and then come back and listen to the rest of this conversation. That's my, you, you- I always say that. Okay, so how do we want to pick it up? Is there anything you definitely want to talk about or maybe you wanted to talk about earlier that you couldn't because you didn't want to spoil anything? Well, to me, the coolest thing about this movie is the the alien and how yeah, okay. it, it, it lives inside the dude. That's so fucking crazy the way he like, sucks back into him it's and he only comes gross. out. very gross. Dude, it's so gross. He, like, he vomits gets, it out. Just gets all up in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It's real weird. And they become like, uh, what did you think about like the whole like so, symbiosis so type thing? Throw 30 seconds on the clock, would you? Sure. Okay. So what Wait. I'm going to do now is okay. is give you a quick rundown of this movie in 30 seconds, more or less. Let me know. I haven't done this in a while. I know. I just, I feel like this one's kind of important to lay it out if people haven't seen it. Otherwise, a lot Three, of what two, we're one, about go. Seeing. Okay. So we talked about everything that happened in the beginning. We find out he has an alien living inside him. What we don't know is that every night it comes out of his mouth and he doesn't know it. And then it, it goes out and just hangs out and goes back inside of him. Oops. Turns out he does know it because they're like have a same brain and that aliens eating people given to the alien by the government. They're like criminals and they're like, eat, eat these criminals because the government wants to use it as a weapon. He's like, that's super fucking not cool. I have this son and, sh- and, and she's like, all right, let's get you out of here. And they hatch a plan to get out. And the alien, mm, I gotta get to the end. All right. Give it the rest. Right. So then they try to escape. And then main bad guy mustache twirler is like, send the resistance team and try to attack. And then he's like, alien boy is like, attack alien and injects himself with cancer, but not really. This is actually, the synopsis only makes sense if you've seen the movie. And I think it's just funny if you have, but doesn't help if you haven't. But whatever. <laughs> Sends the alien after the bad guys, kills them all, except the main guy. Then they leave, she and alien boy. And then he's like, Ugh, I can't survive without the alien. Because they leave the alien behind. And then bad guy brings the alien. And they're like, oh, I need my alien. And then he sends it after the bad guy one time, bites his head off, saves her life. Uh, and then goes back inside of him. And then he shoots himself because he's like, I'm not your lab rat, man. Go save my kid. And then she goes and adopts his uh, bastard son. And in a crazy plot twist at the end, we find out that we think he's been having these orphan flashbacks, but we find out at the very end the whole time it's been her. Oh, is that what that was about? Oh, my God. You didn't catch that? Now, again, I think I've watched it like she, three or four different she, she was the orphan. 
in those flashbacks through the whole movie, it was her. Wait, you're saying that our main character, Tatiana, was the orphan? Yeah. Then who picked her up? No, no, no. Like, the flashbacks, she's the orphan. The kid, the, the his kid is in the orphanage, but the we don't meet the actual kid until the end of the movie. The kid in the flashbacks is her. Okay, I'm definitely not following you at all. So... You'll have to break it down even slower for me. What do you? They're, s- they're they're both orphans. She Tatiana. This is so much harder because like all of their names we haven't even bothered because they're too hard to say. Tatiana, yeah. the main scientist slash only woman in this movie, basically was an orphan that we saw in the flashbacks. Yes. Who's? Why is? Is there a boy? Yeah, that's his son that she adopts at the end of the movie, but that's not the kid from the flashbacks. Okay. So, okay, 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 that makes sense. Mostly. <laughs> so you're saying you're saying we've been seeing the flashbacks, and that's actually her, which makes sense because at the very end, the nurse or whatever's like, hey, boy, and he's, he's like, I'm not a boy. My name's Tanya. You're saying yeah. in those flashbacks, that's her. Yep. Which is why she cares so much about this orphan boy who does exist and is the son, the bastard son, of Alien Man. Exactly. It seems okay. Okay. I guess that makes sense. No, it does make sense. I just, I, it seems unjustified a little bit, but okay. Well, hey, maybe that's why she's so shitty and mean to people in her uh, therapy. And she tried to drown that kid because she's mad because she's an orphan. <laughs> Wait, do all orphans just want to murder other kids? Obviously. That's basically <laughs> what Oliver Twist was about. Okay. So, okay. Okay. All right. That's, I, I don't even think that it pertains really like, to the rest of the plot, there's no real consequential stuff all. from her like being the orphan. No, it might lead, like I said, maybe to some of her motivation or her character development. Like it, it, the only way it would add to the movie is if you watch it again, because you find out so late. You're like, yeah. oh, okay, so I need to like watch this again with that lens. Like these flashbacks are actually her, but I don't, you know, necessarily want to watch it again right now. No. Um, so, yeah, that was a weird thing I noticed that apparently you didn't notice at all. So no. marinate on that. Let me know what you think about <laughs> that will. after you think about it. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about the monster. Was it sure. creepy enough? Was there enough? I mean, it was definitely, like you said, more science fiction. Yeah. I liked it because of like the creature aspect of it. I think they maybe could have done more with the creature, but then I think it would have got into like the horror realm mm-hmm. and like... You know what I mean? I think they were tasteful with the use of the creature and the yes. violence that the creature executed. Did you think they used that creature well? Um, what, what's what's your take on that? Yeah, man. Wh- really quick, what are the aliens called in Alien? Do you know off the top of your head? Xenomorphs. Xenomorphs. So it has such a xenomorph vibe, like with its weird sort of skinny little tendrils, not even tendrils, like bone fingers, you know? Yeah. It's like a xenomorph had sex with a, a stingray. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Or yeah, that's actually a really good combo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to your question, yeah, I think it was very like, I don't know. I think the formula for a lot of creature movies is that you'll catch a little glimpse of it or like a shadow. And then as the movie goes on, you'll maybe catch its foot or like see a shadow, like a bigger shadow eating a human. And then eventually by the end, it's like, there's the whole monster. And they don't really do that, which I think diffuses it a little bit and makes it clear, or at least it did to me that like, this isn't necessarily about the reveal of the monster. Um, I think by showing us the the whole thing pretty early on, we get to focus more on the implications of what it slash its host does 
which I think was pretty nice. But what, I mean, what do you think about the monster in general? Yeah, I think that they used it well. I think that if they would have gone any more overboard, it would have gotten into the horror range of just like this thing is violent and going crazy and it's going to murder everyone. Instead of right. they they literally and figuratively turned it inward and went yeah. more like it's way more creepy to think about what would happen with this thing trying to like basically become one with you and went way more sci-fi than horror with it which i mean that's the goal it, it ended up being way more of a sci-fi suspense semi-scary movie but i think it worked for what they were trying to do and it fit into the overall like theme and feel of this movie for me right going off what you're saying like it, it was kind of hard not to draw some conclusions about like like the the monster literally inside of this man <laughs> right like, like in every man there's a, there's a desire to murder and kill but uh, if you, if you learn how to regulate your emotions, you cannot be the monster that you're programmed to be like, or not programmed to be, but like, you don't have to, uh, sort of execute the, the base desires that are within you. Yeah. Cause, cause there is that you could draw the comparison of like when, when the, when he is the alien, like he's just, he even says at one point, like it is me without any, he doesn't say inhibitions, but that's kind of what he's getting at. Like no morals and no obligations. I just do whatever I want. And it's like, yep. maybe that's what the movie's saying, but it was too obvious. And I, I really feel like this is not that cerebral of a movie. Yeah. It definitely plays pretty straightforward. Yeah. Which is great. Super fun. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad we watched it, man. I, I think I dug it. Yeah. I definitely liked it more than I expected. I would. Nice. But there that were moments, there were moments where I was like, I was trying to like, I don't know. I got up or something and then I realized, no, it's in Russian. You have to sit there and read it a hundred percent. You're going to miss something. Yep. Um, so yeah, but I think fair to say we both recommend people check it out. Um, and we obviously want to hear what you think. If you do see it, you got any last minute thoughts? Uh, I, the alien looked really cool. I think it's worth watching to see the cool Just to see that. creature. Yeah. Yeah. And plus the Russian language is really awesome to listen to. Yeah. I love listening to movies in subtitles and cool foreign languages. It's, it's just really fun. It's a fun experience um, uh, to quote Bong Joon-ho from his Oscar uh, winning speech. Sure. You can't let a two inch fence, you know, of the subtitles, like keep you out of watching great movies. And that's obviously paraphrasing, but I really liked the sentiment. Yeah, of what he was totally. Saying. Yeah. Agreed. Like a one inch barrier is keeping you from watching so many great movies. Yeah. And I think that's something good to keep in mind. Like hundred percent. There's a whole world out there outside this country that make movies in different languages that you should check out. Yep. Okay. Well, on that note, this show definitely wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. I don't know that we know what we're watching next week or drinking next week. So we don't have any homework necessarily, unless you count watching 2019's child's play. Cause I think that Johnny would probably love to hear your feedback. I definitely would too, even though I haven't seen that movie though, if enough people are like, Hey, you should watch it. It's good. I will put it on my list to make it happen. Um, Hell yeah. yeah. Johnny, anything else? That's it, man. Let's get out of here. All right. Thanks everybody. We appreciate you. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.